turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. As a constitutional law attorney, Jenna Ellis believes in the rule of law and the importance of integrity in our elections. And she's ready to tackle the big cultural and legal issues facing America. This is the Jenna Ellis Show. Here is your host, Jenna Ellis. Good morning and welcome to Jenna Ellis in the morning. And I hope that all of you who are listening this morning are focused on the things of the Lord and uh, the new year and the hope that we have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm so blessed this morning to be joined by uh, one of my very dear friends and wonderful uh, pastors in my life. And that, of course, is Pastor Jack Hibbs, who is the founding pastor of Calvary Chapel Chino Hills out in California. And um. Jack, I just so appreciate you joining me today because you're one of my favorite people to talk to in terms of the Christian worldview and the biblical truth of how we as Christians have hope regardless of all of the things that are going on in the world. And I want to focus this show today on um, on the hope that we have and as we look at everything that is going on in the world from the conflict in Israel to the uh, pending election in uh, next year in 2024 and uh, the problems with the economy. And, you know, we could go on and on and on about the difficulties that we face in this life. Christians have hope for eternity and for the future. Mm -hmm. And how do you encourage Christians to look forward to the new year, even when there is so much uncertainty in the present? Yeah, well, Janice, first of all, thank you for having me on, and love you too, and, and your family. You know, if, you're, the, you're the only one who could actually package the question with the answer. It's, it's epic. <laughs> and it is exactly that, Jenna, that as Christians, we hold to what we announce or what we say is a biblical worldview. So, you know, when we look at what's happening in the world around us, if we don't have that biblically-based, scripturally-based lens that we're looking through the events of the world, then we're going to be incredibly worried, we're going to be disheartened, we're going to get confused, and frankly, I'll just put it bluntly, we're going to be played by the powers that be. If we have that biblical worldview, which I'm so grateful that you operate in and that you promote constantly, if we have that biblical worldview, if we look at the events of the world through God's lens, which is His Word, the Bible, then for us, everything is falling right into place. Uh, we, we're not rejoicing over war, and we're not rejoicing over violence or lawlessness. We don't do that. But we look at a biblical worldview knowing, wow, this is not a surprise these are things going on in the world around us that Jesus, the prophets, spoke to us about concerning the last days. And so that breeds confidence in God's Word. It brings peace to our hearts. And Jenna, you know, you and I look at this, and we realize, God, you're so good in the midst of all of this evil. Your Word is so beautifully, powerfully true. And thank you, God. But the world looks at it. And they go into sheer panic. And so having a biblical worldview will determine your magnitude of peace, how you view not only a year end, but a year beginning, and the events that are around us. It's going to really determine how you survive, not only the year that's ahead of us, but even these, these short-term moments. It's, it's all important, and I'm so grateful for you. Oh, I'm so grateful for you as well. And um, that's just so wonderfully said, Pastor Jack, that, you know, this really does determine um, how we approach um, the new year and how we approach everything that we do as Christians. And it's so easy, I think, sometimes to compartmentalize 
our faith into we go to church on Sundays or you know maybe Saturday night or Wednesday, whenever it is that we set aside time to go and fellowship with Christians. But then as we get involved in our day-to-day activities or we look um, at the news or we you know read headlines or other things, we tend to not have the the specific Christian analysis of saying, well, how do we approach this truthfully and from a biblical perspective? And so that that bridge, I think, of not compartmentalizing church and faith mm. with the rest of our day-to-day activities is something that we all can grow in. How do we do that? Well, yeah, number one, we start with what we should really know from Scripture and from even our nation's founding, our nation's history, our Pilgrim Fathers, they did not see, Jenna, one part of the world being secular and the other part of the world being sacred. They viewed every moment of their life because they believed that their literal existence was God using them in the now. I mean, we love talking about Esther, where we say things like, well, we were born for such a time as this. Esther was born for such a time as this. My question is to the Christian community, do you really believe that? Because if you really believe that God knows what he's doing and that he's sovereign, that you living today, right now, hearing this broadcast right now, means that you're, you're breathing, your heart is beating, you've got a mouth, you've got a you've got money, or you've got power, or you've got influence, that you are to employ at a time like this where you can make a difference in the world. So there should not be, well, you know, I'm a Christian on Sunday, but I go to the real world on Monday. I just absolutely refuse, and I refuse to have our church taught like that. And so just last Sunday, I had made a comment, Jenna, that, hi, welcome, everybody. Maybe you're new here uh, and I hope you've come to church to actually be church 24-7, because if you want to do church for the next 30 minutes, 90 minutes, then you've come to the wrong church. You really mm. need to put into practice what the Bible says. I think, Jenna, if we live out the Word of God as it's intended, we are going to experience the things that we're longing for. That is, dynamic, power, miracles, seeing God move, I mean, Jenna, just from personal experience in in Southern California, when Israel was attacked on October 7th, I immediately pivoted from the book of Romans, and I began to address what does the Bible say about last day's events, and what is our word to the Jewish people? And Jenna, our church has been inundated on Sunday mornings by Jews coming from Los Angeles, coming from Glendale, coming from Hollywood, because they're not getting the answers from their rabbis. What does that tell you? People are nervous, they're scared, they want the answers from the Word of God, and we as Christians, we've got the answer. And so we need to speak up. We need to stop being timid and fearful and tell the truth. And man, I tell you, this is an awesome, awesome time to live out what so many Christians already know. We just need to do it on a 24-7 basis. Yes, so well said, uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs, and you're right that so often we as Christians do go to some of these examples of, you know, some of the um, the greats that have, have gone before in the history of the Bible, um, speaking about Queen Esther and saying, you know, you've been brought for such a time as this. We, we think about that, but do we actually live that and understand that in some of our immutable characteristics, when we talk about, you know, things like uh, against the trans agenda and for the truth about human sexuality as the Bible teaches that God created, uh, what well, that includes our immutable characteristic of our age, right. that God purposed sovereignly to have you and I and everyone listening born at the time that we were. Why? Because that is part of the purpose that we have here. I often think, you know, if I was born any earlier than we wouldn't have um, social media, for example, which, you know, maybe that would be a good right. thing in some ways, but, right. you know, having certain um, mediums that we can use to effectively promote the truth of the gospel of Christ and that God has brought us to this moment and we can't miss our moment to do what he purposes. And so as we consider that, 
Um, you're right that, that so many people go to church and to the Bible for answers, but it's almost like they, they sometimes approach it in a maybe um, fortune cookie type of way or a keyword mm-hmm. search or a, you know, a, a, a maxim um, type of thing rather than taking the full counsel of God. Because one of the, one of the worst things that I see some, mostly non-Christians, but even some Christians say, well, the Bible doesn't specifically address, for example, you know, how we're supposed to approach voting in an election. So the Bible doesn't speak to that at all, or doesn't speak to how we need to, um, you know, some other issue that isn't specifically Mm -hmm. verse by verse. And so how can we as Christians approach the word of God? Because it does give us all the answers we need to live Christianly. Well said. Again, well said. Here's the thing. Now, look, Jenna, I'm going to say this, but I believe it with all of my heart. And I mean it, and I mean it theologically accurate, and I mean it affectionately with all reverence. I believe life itself, time itself, is, is rigged. <laughs> what I mean by that is this. It's no accident that you and I are here. It's no accident, like you said, the way we have the technology that we have to reach the world. We've got abilities that God knew before the world was ever created that we would be breathing air at this moment. That said, what I believe that we need to do is to literally trust him at what he has said and do those things. So when you mention that there are certain things perhaps in life that the Bible doesn't say chapter verse, well, you're right. It doesn't mention the word transgender but it does mention what a gender is and what God created in his own likeness. So somebody might say, well, what about this issue? Well, the Bible tells us that we should walk in wisdom. So let's look at it. Let's unpack that. What is the evidence? What do we know from history? What do we know? What works? And so God and when I say God, I'm talking about not only him personally, but the Bible is the expressed will of God. So when we pick up the Bible and read it, we should understand that when it says that you should love your wife or you should respect your husband, that there's reasons to this being put in the Bible. They're very good reasons. And we need to find out, how do I love my wife? How do I do that? How God, help me to do that. And when the Scripture says, be kindly affectionate one to another— That's where you start. Start treating your wife like a princess, right? Start start looking at your husband, you know, with the good aspects that he does have. Start somewhere, because I'm very uh, anti-Christianity being a spectator religion. I don't believe it's a spectator. I don't even believe it's a religion. I believe that true biblical Christianity is the one and only actual relationship with God himself. If you want a religion, then go... Go join some group. But if you want to interface with the living God, then you know what's going to happen. He's going to wake you up early in the morning. He's going to pull you out of bed. He's He's going to invite you to dive into the Word. And everybody within the hearing of our voices, Jenna, can actually pick up the Bible and start reading it. Because, Jenna, you've heard it. I hear it all the time. Oh, I don't live in an area where there's a Bible teaching church. Okay, that may be true. But do you own a Bible? Pick it up and read it. Listen for him to speak to you, and when he does, do not hesitate. Get up and and do what he's telling you to do. And so we don't need a an exact, uh, you know, GPS type of roadmap of turn left here in 400 feet. The Bible gives us the clarity enough in instruction, in righteousness. The Bible exhorts us. And we know what to do. Remember, God commended the sons of Ishakar uh, in the tribe of Israel, the son, uh, sons of Ishakar. They discerned the seasons, Jenna, in which they lived to determine what Israel should do next. That's what you and I are to do. We're to look around and realize, my, my, isn't this amazing? My Bible said there'd be days like this. And so what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to resist wickedness. I'm supposed to vote rightly. I'm to speak up for the things of God. And when somebody determines, oh my goodness, if I do that, I'm going I'm to be mocked. Praise God. That means you're on the right team. Jesus said that you're going to be hated, 
because he was hated. So my Amen goal in life that. is to be the most loving person. I'm supposed to be the most loving person possible. And at the same time, if I do that, there's going to be people that hate me because I love God and I obey God. So there's people who don't want God. So they're going to hate me. I'll get caught in the crossfire. And and we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't be surprised at that because the Bible tells us that. So we'll be right back more uh, with with Pastor Jack Hibbs with with inflation, the banking world collapse, and everything that Joe Biden is doing not to protect America. You need to make sure to secure your financial health, especially in retirement. And hey, if you're a millennial like me, that actually is sooner than you think. You need to start now, even if you are a millennial or a Gen Zer, to make sure that your financial health is actually healthy when we get to retirement. And Legacy Precious Metals has a revolutionary new online platform that allows you to invest in gold and silver online in real time. In a few easy steps, you can open an account online, select your metals of choice, and choose to have them stored in a vault or shipped right to your door. You'll have access to a dashboard where you can track your portfolio growth in real time anytime. You'll see transparent pricing on each coin and bar, and this puts you in complete control of your money. The platform is free to sign up for. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com and open your account and see this new investing platform for yourself. Gold hedges against inflation and against a volatile stock market. A truly diversified portfolio isn't just more stocks and bonds, but different asset classes. This brand new platform allows you to make investments in gold and silver, no matter how small or large, with just a few clicks. Visit LegacyPM.com to get started. You can download the free investor's guide and you can also call Legacy PM Investments to talk to a portfolio expert to get expert answers to your uh, to customize your personal portfolio. So visit LegacyPMInvestments.com to get started. Tell them that Jenna sent you. Welcome back. And I'm speaking with Pastor Jack Hibbs of Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. And we are speaking about the truth of God and how we can live robust, amazing Christian lives in the hope that we have in Christ. And Pastor Jack, before the break, you were talking about how the Bible gives us all wisdom that we need to live rightly and live truthfully. And even though there may not be chapter verse for every specific uh, aspect of our lives in every specific decision, the Bible does give us instruction in righteousness. And the Bible says so that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And if we look at the whole counsel of God and not just uh, what we call proof texting, like parsing and phrasing one right. uh, one verse and trying to then you know say, well, the Bible doesn't specifically tell me um, you know what I'm supposed to do on this, so God must not have uh, His will for me, or there must not be a right versus wrong. Um, that's not the the best way to look at application of the Bible, and especially as we're heading now into the new year, and there are so many um, problems in the world, there's so much that's going on. I mean, even looking ahead to the presidential election, I mean, it is so contentious right now. And what I'm so uh, frankly discouraged with, uh, Pastor Jack, is that so many people are, are dividing and actually accusing others of being fake Christians, of being nominal Christians, of you know, of, of imputing something to their faith based upon who they believe is the best candidate for the GOP nomination. And I just think that that is such a wrong way to view right. the Christian duty of being a good citizen and voting. Right, absolutely correct. And I, I don't want to make this simplistic, but... I, it's simple. How do, so somebody might say, well, Jack, how do you vote, and what do you do about the church that you're pastoring? Or, for example, we have the Real Life Network um, that we've, we've started since all this canceling world happened. How do you mitigate uh, either an election or our governor of California? You know what? It, it's actually this way. It's, and it sounds very simple. But I've, I've encouraged our people to always practice what I call the trinity of truth. And it is this. When you're talking to, about a candidate, who who is it that you should consider? So we're coming up in a primary. Well, who should I consider? Well, number one, what are the things that concern God? I have a biblical worldview, and I'm going to vote because I'm going to honor all those who fought 
died and provided our great constitution and this wonderful republic, I am to do what Franklin challenged us to do. I'm going to keep it to the best of my ability. How do I do that? I'm going to vote for somebody that stands in agreement with the definition of marriage, for example, the, the, the nuclear family, as we call it. Without the family, we've got no country. So what is that, what is that candidate's policy on family? The next thing is, what is their view on life? Are they really pro-life? What are they doing about it? The third and final thing is, according to the scripture, and Jenna, this is timely, I've been doing this for 35 years, and this, this trinity of truths never failed me yet. The third thing is, what is the candidate's view on Israel? Jenna, when you look at those three things, all other views or positions emanate out from one of those three things regarding that candidate's voting record. Look at their record. You know, politicians have a tendency to tell fables or maybe even lie. Mute your TV and go look at their voting record. Voting records never lie. And so I apply biblical truth to my activity here in this life, which I believe, Jenna, is shining the light that Jesus said to do, and I'm being salt, which is a, 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 a cleansing factor, but also a healing factor. Uh, it's a purifying agent to be salt and light. We're commanded in Matthew to do that. And then here's the clincher for me. This is shocking a lot of people right now. I got, in, I got into some trouble for quoting the Bible. Jenna, check this out. <laughs> I'm going to give you a New Testament verse, and it is in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6. And it says that by your righteousness— in following Christ, punish all unrighteousness in the day that your righteousness is honored. Simply meaning this, stand up for what's right, speak the truth in love, don't waver, know what it is you believe in, and when you stand at the school board meeting and you say, wait, we are not going to be doing this pornography in the classroom, and we are not going to allow these board members to do such things. I am being a Christian in that. And so I want a governor that does that. I want a, an assemblyman or woman. I, I want a president. I want, I want, you know, this is how I vote. And so um, when we determine to, to vote biblical worldview value and not get caught up in personality cults and just People need to calm down and let the process play out and understand that God is sovereign, but that doesn't mean I'm to be lazy. Mm -hmm. God is sovereign, but in his sovereignty, he turns right to Jenna and to Jack, and he says, yes, I'm sovereign, but what are you going to do about doing the righteous thing? Are you going to show up? Are you going to do it? What are you going to do with this opportunity that I've given you? Jenna, I tell you what, and I'll be quiet with this. Every person who names the name of Jesus, who considers himself a Christian, should register to vote and get out there and vote a biblical worldview value for a candidate that comes the closest they can and leave the results to God. But don't sit back and criticize and stay out of the process and wonder why things are so messed up. God's going to give us the, the victory, but we've got to go to the battle. So well said. Uh, again, Pastor Jack Hibbs of Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. And, you know, you describe that uh, kind of uh, the, the trinity of, of the metric of how to determine the best person to vote for. And, you know, it's always a closed universe situation. We'll never have a perfect candidate, but we always That's have right. better candidates than others. And we can have that metric that we exercise our duty and our responsibility to be a good citizen and engage, because that is a blessing of liberty, that we have an opportunity to select our leaders and to prefer Christians, to prefer conservatives, to to prefer those that will actually enact 
our values, which should be premised on the biblical worldview. And and this is where I love um, Speaker Mike Johnson, who's, who's been a dear friend of mine for years. Uh, when he went on an interview and said, you want to know what I think about anything? Open the Bible. And of course, he got ridiculed for that. But that is exactly what you want in a Christian leader, is to say, my view reflects the Bible. Because what I loved about that is that he was saying, I want to come into conformity in everything I do in the civil realm with what the word of God says. And so if if you can go and say, well, wait a minute, your policy doesn't reflect you know, something in the Bible, then I'm sure he would say, oh, yeah, then I'm going to need to change my policy, not, well, you know, I, th- my policy trumps whatever se- the Bible says. And so that's what we want in every yeah. leader. And so how do we, though, um, Pastor Jack, when we when we go in front of, you know, school board meetings or we we push back against the radical left and, you know, all of the the transgender nonsense and all that, it's it seems like it's easy to an extent for Christians to say I'm pushing back against the extreme evil left. But when it's people in our own party. I think that's when it becomes even more difficult to call out bad behaviors, bad policies, bad voting, uh, bad anything when it's someone within our own network or people who are maybe Republican or people who even call themselves Christians. How do we deal with that? Exactly. You know what? Exactly. And the the answer to your question is what I think every I hope anyway that every pastor in America is dealing with right now, and it is this. Not everybody who says they are Christians are Christians. Not everybody who says they're conservatives are conservatives. Not everybody who says what they say is really what they're proclaiming to be. We are finding out, you know this so well, that there is deception, I'm putting it bluntly, that there's either a known deception or somebody that is being manipulated or deceived. You say, well, Jack, how are we supposed to know that? Well, you know what? In some areas, we don't have the capability of knowing it, but our God does. So you mentioned Mike Johnson. I was on a a phone call with him on Thursday night, and he's the real deal for all all of Jenna's listeners. She's right. You guys need to know Mike Johnson's the real deal. He wasn't looking for the job to be Speaker of the House. Um, God thrust that upon him as remarkable. Uh, someday, hopefully, everybody will hear about how exactly how that happened. But the thing is, this Mike Johnson said, "We're gonna we're gonna do Bible." Now that freaks out the left. They start to panic. They start to think that we're trying to create a state church. Well, and Jenna, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but if I remember right. The first Supreme Court Justice of the United States was John Jay, and John Mm -hmm. Jay said it's best for this nation that this nation elect Christians as its leaders. Oh, my gosh. That means our founding fathers understood that the only person that is really fit to govern rightly are those who have a Judeo-Christian biblical worldview value, and lo and behold— Look at how this nation's history has been written. And it starts with what we just celebrated rather recently, Thanksgiving, the Mayflower Compact. In the first paragraph, they announced that they've come to this land to establish freedom that you might practice faith. That doesn't mean that we're going to go around and, and tell people, you had to become a Christian to live in America. We don't want a state church. But what's very clear is that the Christian life should influence the state in which we live in. And I find it funny, Jen, and I know you've talked on this so well, that the, the atheist, the wokest, the, the, the lunatic, they, they think that they've, they have all access to comment, they can critique, they can do and say whatever they want about politics and culture, the moment Jenna Ellis stands up and says something, oh, you're one of those crazy Christians. Well, guess what? Our founding fathers were so secure in creating us a government that even the atheist has a voice, but guess what? So does the believer in Jesus Christ. And we need to maintain that and protect that. But we also, as we get closer to that defining moment, we should all be f- praying, we should be fasting, and we should be influencing people. We, we, we don't have to knock on somebody's door and say, hey, I'm a Christian. You should vote for this guy. 
we should be able to say, hey, have you considered who you're voting for? Um, have you thought about pro-life? Have you thought about what's going on with our border situation? We can bring about these topics. I, Jenna, I really think the Christians should lead those debates. Absolutely. I think we should be the ones leading those questions. We should because we're really, Pastor Jack Hibbs, the only ones with the consistent answers and the answers yep. that best reflect the truth of the reality to which God has presented us. I mean, I, I continue to say I'm not a Christian just because I believe in God like, you know, a, a child right. might believe in Santa Claus or a fairy tale, um, you know, speaking of the holiday season, but because everyone has to answer life's most important questions, which go to who we are. Is there a God? What is our purpose? Uh, what, what happens after we die? All of these things. And I don't have those answers. I have the answers because God has shown us the answers. He has given us the exactly. answers by the truth of the reality to which we're presented. And we can, exactly. through our testimony and through voting for people who also understand that, we can then influence politics. And so this is where, Pastor Jack, you know, it's people know who've listened to the show that I support Governor DeSantis, but people also know that I've called right. him out on things that I think he's wrong on, for example. And I will right. continue. To, and it's not because I'm anti-DeSantis. <laughs> and I'm also going to call out President Trump, not because I'm anti-Trump, but because some of the things that he does don't reflect right. the biblical worldview. And that's and, and we have to get beyond this personality animus or that's attributing right. to each other a personality animus. We have to, first and foremost, be Christian and approach our civil engagement in everything we do Christianly because we have the answer. So in just the last minute we have in this segment, this is why, Pastor Jack, it's so important that we are grounded in Scripture. Yeah. Yeah, listen, and, and wrapping this up, without Scripture, I don't... I don't know how you're going to drive your life. I don't know how you're going to make decisions. The Bible, please, friends, listen, Jenna and I would love to challenge you as we come to the end of this year and we and, and, and the new year before us, you ought to make, you ought to just go stand in your living room or your backyard, raise your right hand and look up to heaven and just make this vow to God. Say, God, hold me accountable to read your word this year. The Bible. Friends, put down the remote. Get off of Netflix for a minute. You'll survive. Open up the Bible. Start reading. You might want to start in John's Gospel and then read through and find out that your life actually has answers waiting to arrive to your life's moment. God knows this. The dilemma of your marriage, the dilemma of your child's cancer, the issue between your boss or your employees, the answer's in the Bible. And as we get into an election year, but the Bible says that God sets up kings and he pulls kings down. But the scripture also says that when the righteous are in power, simply this, because Trump or DeSantis, Jack or Jenna, we can't walk on water, all right? We don't go around raising the dead, wish we could. But when it says that the righteous are in power, the people rejoice. Simply, those who do the right thing causes the populace to rejoice. When those who do the wrong thing, the people groan. And I'm talking to you, Jenna, from Southern California, and California is groaning because we've got a king in Sacramento, and thus we groan. We need to do the right thing, and that's what we're going to be held accountable for in the Day of Judgment. As a believer, did you do the right thing? And so we want to be found faithful. Amen to that. We just have to be found faithful to what God has called us to in this moment. So we'll be right back. With inflation, the banking world collapse, and everything that Joe Biden is doing not to protect America, you need to make sure to secure your financial health, especially in retirement. And hey, if you're a millennial like me, that actually is sooner than you think. You need to start now, even if you are a millennial or a Gen Zer, to make sure that your financial health is actually healthy when we get to retirement. And Legacy Precious Metals has a revolutionary new online platform that allows you to invest in gold and silver online in real time. In a few easy steps, you can open an account online, select your metals of choice, and choose to have them stored in a vault or shipped right to your door. You'll have access to a dashboard where you can track your portfolio growth in real time 
anytime. You'll see transparent pricing on each coin and bar, and this puts you in complete control of your money. The platform is free to sign up for. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com and open your account and see this new investing platform for yourself. Gold hedges against inflation and against a volatile stock market. A truly diversified portfolio isn't just more stocks and bonds, but different asset classes. This brand new platform allows you to make investments in gold and silver, no matter how small or large, with just a few clicks. Visit LegacyPM.com to get started. You can download the free investor's guide and you can also call Legacy PM Investments to talk to a portfolio expert to get expert answers to your uh, to customize your personal portfolio. So visit LegacyPMInvestments.com to get started. Tell them that Jenna sent you. Welcome back. And I'm taking this morning to have a full and robust conversation with my good friend, Pastor Jack Hibbs, the pastor of Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills in California. And we're talking, um, Pastor Jack, about really, this is the title of your book, um, Living in the Days of Deception, D-A-Z-E, uh, the Days of Deception, and uh, how we as Christians can get so discouraged. Um, we can focus on so many other things. And uh, maybe like um, those of you who are in California, like you, uh, Pastor Jack, who have the, the kings and the sovereigns that are not ruling righteously and say, well, what am I supposed to do? Well, the Bible tells us what to do, and we are supposed to be faithful in what God has called us, regardless of the outcome, regardless of false accusations, regardless of harassment, regardless of you know anything mm-hmm. else. We are supposed to be faithful to what God has called us to do. And that becomes even more difficult, I think, when it's not just the world that's pushing back, but sometimes it's fellow Christians who may not understand uh, why it is that we are taking the stand for truth instead of uh, maybe doing what's popular or maybe doing what um, some churches, unfortunately, have gone to, like, for example, saying, oh, well, it's really okay that women are pastors or it's really okay that we ordain uh, same-sex marriage or, you know, we don't want to judge. And, you know, why are you being uh, so judgy as a Christian? That becomes even more <laughs> difficult to stand firm, but we need to. Yeah, absolutely. And the title of the book, you nailed it, Living in the Days of Deception, D-A-Z-E, which gives you the picture of getting slapped, so to speak, upside the head. Your head is spinning. You don't know what to do. You feel like your knees are buckling. The culture seems to be going through that in either a moral or a spiritual sense. And, And so I wrote this book, and I wrote it intentionally toward the, the, the non-believer. The believers are going to get it. The non-believer is going to help think. And it's, and it's this, with all that's going on, is there an answer? How do I recognize what is deceptive in my life? And Jenna, I cover this from, from a conversation that you might have with somebody on the street, so to speak, of how do I know this guy's speaking truth, what's going on here? to uh, the pulpit, to the uh, presidency, or to whoever is leading your, your town, your mayor, is how do I know? How can I, how can I decipher between what is true and what is false? We have lost this, Jenna. We've lost the edge of what the Church once was noted for, and this is this area of discernment. The Church is so gullible these days. You mentioned it. This ordination of women and this gender-skewing things, um, well, you know, I feel—look, if we feel, we're, we're, we're lost at sea, because our feelings will deceive. The book, I think, lovingly but directly delivers an answer that no matter how you feel, this is what God has said. And what we need to do is—and this is the punchline, Jenna, and I think this is— what God's doing on the earth right now. He is shaking, so to speak, the tree. And all the nuts and stuff are falling out of the tree. And he's going to wait, and he's going to shake the church. And the fruit is going to remain. And all that is dross or all that is false is going to fall to the ground. Right now, the days of deception are upon us. And and how you and I, what you and I do with the truth that we have within our hands, 
the Bible, the Word of God, will we take it seriously? Will we obey Him? Or will we morph the Bible to meet our feeling in our moment? This is a defining time, and I'll end with this. COVID shook the church. Some churches stood, some folded. Now we've got the Israel issue. Some churches now are going replacement theology. Some churches are taking a stand for biblical theology. This next wave, I believe, Jenna, is going to be an increased amount of the church being tested. So people need to know what it is they believe, and they need to be able to defend what it is they claim to believe. Amen to that. We have to know first the answer so that we can defend and have uh, hope for the truth that lies within us. And we can still articulate what the biblical worldview response is because so many people don't have the answers and they, they're either stabbing in the dark or they're, they are living as your book title is in the days of deception. Um, and, and this is where, you know, my, my parents used to give us this analogy as kids that it's like you're, um, if you're in darkness and you know, it's, it's at nighttime and you're around a campfire and that's the only light that you have. You want to stay as close as you can to the mm. light because the further you get away, the more you might be get lost and you may not be able mm. to see the light. And um, the, the analogy was, you know, you may go back a couple steps and go, well, look, I'm fine. I can still see the light. But the further back you get, the more the light is diminished and you have to make sure yeah. that you are staying close. And I just see our culture going further and further and drifting and even churches, unfortunately, even people who are pastors, who it's their calling yep. to shepherd the flock. They're drifting further and further away from that campfire, the light of the truth. And then they don't even recognize that they're out in utter darkness. And that's what is yeah. so fearsome frankly is is to say we have to make sure that we are daily in the word so that we know that we are not becoming deceived because it's so easy for us as Christians mm. to believe something that's just a little bit manipulated a little bit false not quite accurate and then we just go further and further down that deceptive road and we are then into false theology, maybe even heresy, and we don't even recognize it. And it takes a lot more to come back to the light. And and I was reminded, Pastor Jack, as you were talking about this um, famous quote from actor Jim Carrey. And, um, you know, he's not one of my favorite actors by any stretch, but this this just the, the hopelessness in this, right? Where he says, yeah. quote, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see... That's not the answer. Wow. Wow. So true. Yeah. And I mean, the, the, the Christian life and God himself is the only answer. And, and I can speak and attest to you personally. I mean, I have been a lawyer to the president. I've been, you know, I never anticipated being a public figure, you know, all stuff. And, um, that's, that's not as great as everybody thinks, uh, by the way. And everybody mm-hmm. who says, you know, oh, I want to be on TV and, you know, rich and famous, not that I was ever rich, but I was a little bit famous. Um, you know, it, it's, it's not, and it's not, if those are the things that you're pursuing, it's so empty and it's even yeah. more empty when you get them because then you see, wow, everything that I've worked for mm. isn't the answer. And so as, as we are moving toward this new year, how can we best, explain what is the answer yes as i think one of the things that is behind what we would call the new year's resolution syndrome that people have they go through this dynamic in their mind of i'm going to reboot my life i'm going to try something just that just that temptation or just that thought imagine taking that to what Jenna, you said a moment ago, to reality, where I'm not going to make a vow to lose five pounds, or I'm not going to make a vow to get on the treadmill, whatever it might be. Let's let's do this. Let's go for it. Let's make a vow that I'm going to seek God. In Jeremiah, God says, if you seek after me with all of your heart, I will be found by you. This is such an awesome statement, Jenna, because this is what we need to do. God is a person. That's why we are persons. 
He has a personality. That's why you and I have one. We have been created in his image. And there's no greater fulfillment in life than to experience personality to personality, as Tozer put it, when we meet God. We're not talking about religion, everybody. Jen and I are not telling you, go join some church. We're telling you to meet Jesus. And I'll end with this, Jenna. I'm not going to mention names, but they're household names. Our church is not far from the, the beach communities and from Hollywood. And in the last three to four months, there are people showing up who are world-famous individuals in their lane, from hip-hop to movies to whatever. Why are they coming? I, have a, I get a great opportunity to ask them, and you know, hi, what brought you here? Every single one of them from their own genre of world says, man, you know what, I'm, I, I, I've, I've had it all. I've got it all, and I'm so empty. And, and I'm coming, I, I've been watching on TV, I had to come, and I think I need Jesus. And I'm not gonna, again, I'm not going to say their names, but people would be shocked because people are thinking, oh, if I could just be that person. Well, that person doesn't even want to be that person. They want a new life. And that's what Christ gives us, a new life. So a new year, why not give the opportunity for Christ to come into your life, take control of your life. He's the one that made you. He knows how your life is to operate, and Christianity following him is thrilling. Amen to that. And, you know, the older that I get and the closer that I get to the Lord and the more that I have learned to trust him and to acknowledge um, his faithfulness that I maybe took for granted in in some ways, you know, Mm -hmm. the more that you go through in life and um, the more that you learn and uh, the closer that we get with him. Um, the more that, you know, nothing else matters. And, and in everything that, that I've been through, um, over the last, you know, couple of years and, and certainly, you know, in recent months, um, you know, a lot of people will, will ask me to and say, well, you know, you, you just want to have, you know, a million followers on Twitter or you just, you know, this and that and the other. And I just think, you know, or, or people even write into the show sometimes and say, um, and I'm just speaking personally now, and say, you know, well, I disagreed with you on this, so I'm not listening anymore. And I'm just thinking, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, then God bless you, you know. And I'm just thinking, well, because right. my my goal in life is not to please anyone or to get rich or to have many followers or get more right. famous or, you know, any of the, or success or whatever. And I've certainly made mistakes in my life, of course. But my goal is to get up every day and do the ministry that God has provided yeah. for me. And, and I know that that is your heart and passion as well, Pastor yep. Jack, that, you know, if your if your church became smaller because you're teaching truth, well, then so be it. Yep. You know, that's not numbers so or anything else. It doesn't matter what we get to do every day as Christians, you and me and everyone else listening, we get to get up in the morning and serve our yes. Lord. And I am so grateful yeah. to be in ministry here at AFR. I'm so grateful you're in ministry at your church. We all need to be, we're all in ministry in our family lives. But that's that should be our New Year's resolution is to trust God more, be more faithful to him and focus more on what he has for us to do. Not all of the metrics of the world. I mean, if God took away my platform tomorrow, so be it. I'm exactly. still a happy Christian. So be it. So be it. And and that's the beauty of the truth of the Lord. And I love what you share about the people who've come to your church that have it all in the eyes of the world. Yep. But they're so empty because that is not ultimately what is fulfilling. And I hope that for the Christians who are listening to this, who maybe are discouraged or depressed or feel hopeless, we already have the answers and we can truly walk through anything mm. with the the truth of the Lord and the joy that he has set before us because we need to finish our race with perseverance and knowing that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith yes. and to just simply run our race individually. Yes. Well said. That's the hope. That's the hope. So, so in just the last few minutes, um, I have with you, Pastor Jack. Would you would you maybe pray for for all of us who um, who are looking at the world and maybe feeling discouraged, and um, and just pray for everyone who's listening to AFR right now that we would find yeah. truth and joy in the new year. Yeah. Thank you so much, Father. We come before you right now. First of all, we thank you for the things of this last year where. 
you have once again proven yourself to be faithful. Father, we had our plans, we had our uh, feelings, we had our thoughts, and Lord, thank you for not listening to us always. (laughs) Thank you for not answering every prayer of ours that would have eventually wound up hurting us, actually. God, you know, Lord, you've established our paths in you, and so I pray that everybody would be encouraged over this fact that, number one, the greatest pursuit of our very soul is to be loved. And Lord, you have told us that you have loved us with an everlasting love. Therefore, it's with loving kindness that you draw us to yourself. And so, Lord, with the year that's ahead of us, may we have our faith in the book rather than Facebook. God, that we would walk worthy of your name. And God, that we would not be ruffled, as Jenna said a moment ago about People saying, I'm not going to follow you anymore, listen anymore. Lord, may we be galvanized by your Holy Spirit's calling and power to speak the truth in love and to be unwavering. May this year before us be the most powerful, the most meaningful, the most effective. And Lord, at the end of the day, every day, may we lay down and know that we've honored you, Jesus. Thank you for dying for us on the cross. Thank you for leaving us an empty tomb in Jerusalem. And the fact that you're coming back. What an awesome God you are. And we thank you for your guidance system, the Bible, that we have every day to lead the way for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Jack. And Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you. My friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help you get the best night's sleep of your life. He didn't stop at the pillow. Mike also created the Giza Dream bed sheets. I have them. I love them. These sheets look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep, which is crucial for our overall health. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's latest deal is the sale of the year. For a limited time, you will receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets marketing prices down as low as $29.98, depending on the size. So go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio podcast square and use promo code Jenna, J-E-N-N-A. There, you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper, MyPillow kitchen towel sets, and so much more. I have all of this. I love it. Everything from MyPillow and also MyStore.com. You can use promo code Jenna. So go to MyPillow.com, use the promo code Jenna, and also MyStore.com. And remember, use the promo code Jenna.